Hello and welcome everyone to episode 43 of the Ducky O'Brien Show. And today I'll be going over the Miu Mini Plus. This is the audio from my review for my video on YouTube. And there are some sections where I show things, but I don't really describe it. So I will be adding in little extra additions that describe what I'm going over in the video. As always, thank you so much for dropping by and listening. I do really appreciate it. Why don't we get on with the review? Hello and welcome everyone. This is my review of the Miu Mini Plus. I'll get all the relevant information out of the way to be completely transparent about this review so you can judge for yourself whether or not my perspective covers everything you're looking for. I've used the Miu Mini Plus for approximately 26 hours as of this writing according to the Activity Tracker app. The device is running the latest firmware and Onion OS with screen brightness set to the lowest setting, Wi-Fi turned off, and the volume set to low. I spent most of this time playing Link's Awakening DX and Lunar Silver Star Story Complete indoors. I played in about 4 hour chunks for Link's Awakening DX and about 30 minute chunks for Lunar Silver Star Story Complete. I bought mine new from Amazon for around $64 shipped with my own money. No one paid me for this review and it's completely my own opinion. Okay, now that's out of the way, let's get into the review. I personally don't find specs and raw benchmarking data that important because it doesn't necessarily reflect what games will run and how well they will run, as that also depends on how well the emulator software works on these devices and operating systems in addition to just raw power. But for those who want to know, here are the specs. The Miu Mini Plus has a 3.5 inch IPS screen with a resolution of 640 by 480. This is a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. The screen has a pixel density of 228 ppi. The SoC is a Sigma Star SSD 202D, which is a Cortex A7 CPU. There are 128 MB of DDR3 RAM, and the battery is 3000 mAh. It also has Wi-Fi. Now what this all means is that the Miu Mini Plus will pretty much handle all games up to PS1 very well and even some DS games with native drastic support in the latest version of Onion OS. DS performance isn't perfect, so that's something to consider. I'll start with the positives, then move on to the negatives, followed by some things to consider and end with my conclusion. I personally think this is a fantastic device. It's very reminiscent of the atomic purple Game Boy Color I had growing up. Nostalgia is definitely a strong factor for me. It runs all the games I'm interested in very well, and it looks and sounds great and handles very well. The device also feels very good and is very pocketable. If you take a look at RetroSizer to get an idea of the size, we see that the device is essentially a shorter Game Boy Color. I'll include some of the other systems to give you guys a better idea of the size. I was mainly interested in replaying all of the games of my childhood, all the action and adventure games and RPGs on the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and Super Nintendo, and all of the fantastic JRPGs on the PlayStation 1. As for the ergonomics, it's not perfect, but completely serviceable. My hands are on the small side, so I had no problem playing on the Miu Mini Plus for long sessions, but I did find myself wishing it was a tad larger. I have very basic wants in terms of operating system features and Onion OS more than delivers on all of them. I'm just mainly interested in having a simple enough UI to navigate through my games and to be able to create as many safe states as I want. 
I will say as an aside here that the default setting for RetroArch in Onion OS is for 10 save states max per game. You can change this setting easily, but I didn't know. If you create more than 10 save states, it will delete the earliest one when creating the latest one. This screwed me over royally because I use a lot of save states to test different things and for recording footage for reviews. I had 39 save states for Link's Awakening DX and imagine my horror when I loaded the previous ones and they were all gone. Now I learned my lesson. I will also say the shortcuts of pressing menu and L2 or R2 to load and save states are convenient, but it did screw me over when I loaded the save state by mistake instead of saving. Boy oh boy, I lost 5 hours of progress. Now, I know it's completely my fault for pressing the wrong button and for not creating save states regularly. Let's just say I was really into playing the game. Consider it a friendly warning for those who have itchy trigger fingers. As for the battery life, it was more than enough. I would play for 4 hours straight from full charge and still have around 15-20% to left with screen brightness set to low, Wi-Fi turned off, and the volume pretty low for Game Boy Color. I really enjoyed playing on this device. The pick up and play nature and ease of use combined with the portability make it a great device. Now, while I really love the Miu Mini Plus, it isn't without flaws. Here are some drawbacks I personally encountered while using the device. For starters, the overall ergonomics can definitely be improved. I found myself holding the device like this. As you can see here, the bottom of the device is held up by my pinkies, and there is a large gap between my palm and the device itself. Most people usually have the same grip, but may use their ring fingers instead. This isn't very ideal or comfortable, but you do get used to it. Having a slightly wider and longer device would make it much more comfortable without sacrificing portability. There is another issue that I found that no one else has mentioned. When you are playing lying down, the device is very uncomfortable to hold. This is because in order for you to prevent the plus from dropping unceremoniously onto your face, your grip looks like this. So to describe the grip, imagine holding a tiny device while lying down and there is no room to hold it with your palms. So you have to use your pointer fingers and apply a lot of pressure on the sides to hold the device up because the only thing that is preventing the device from falling down are going to be your thumbs. But then your thumbs are used on the d-pad and the face buttons. So it gets very uncomfortable to play because you're applying a lot of pressure on the sides. Whereas normally you would want to apply some support from the bottom, which is going to be the face of the device when you're lying down. It puts more strain near your thumbs and makes it harder to push the buttons. Moving on to sound, the audio quality while using wired earbuds was great. However, there was one major problem. Because of how the device is held, your pinky or ring finger will inevitably rest on the audio jack. You will have to adjust your grip and curve your bottom finger more to accommodate this depending on how your earbuds or headphones connect. This isn't very comfortable. Another related problem is the speaker grill on the bottom right. The grill is very close to the B button and if you have a large thumb, it's very easy for it to muffle the sound if you rest your thumb on the handheld near the B button. This requires you to curve your thumb and you get used to it, but it is also slightly uncomfortable to do so. Now there is one solution that fixes most of these problems and that is to buy a grip case or a grip like the one shown here. 
the grip I am showing is the grip case from part-time CAD store on Etsy. This is the case that I have seen most linked on the subreddits. It seems like a pretty nice case. It is definitely a little bit on the blocky side. At its core is essentially just a rectangle that you hold sideways and you stick the Mew Mini Plus into the middle of it. While the blocky nature of the grip might look uncomfortable, it actually helps a lot and fixes most of these problems by making physical contact with your palms. This makes it much more comfortable to hold for longer sessions, as well as when lying down. It also protects the speaker port and prevents you from putting stress on it. A grip case will also help to protect the device and the screen, while keeping it roughly the same overall size so no sacrifice is made in portability or pocketability. Now, not everyone likes the feel of the grip case or a blocky grip, so I would test it out by making one out of cardboard and see if it works for you. There are also more ergonomic grips in the market, but that sacrifices the portability of the handheld. There is just one problem with the solution, however. These grip cases or grips, while very nice, usually cost around $20 to $25 ship, and now you're turning a $50 to $60 device into something much closer to $100. I think it makes sense to get one if this is going to be your only device or your main device and you really like this form factor, but it's no longer a budget-friendly device at that point. Not to mention all the lovely mods with the custom buttons, stickers, and fancy doodads, the amount of money you can spend on it really starts to add up. Now, this is a small nitpick, but while the audio is serviceable, these tiny speakers really don't do the job for me. The audio volume and clarity can be much improved. I know you can mod the speakers, but I've heard the changes. While the volume is greatly increased, the clarity remains at roughly the same level, at least to my ears. It's not a major problem, but a small nitpick nonetheless. Using earbuds provide for a much better listening experience, but sometimes I just don't want to use them. And now moving on to possible considerations. I know the main audience for the scene is around 30 to 60 years old. While I may not look it, I'm getting quite old myself, and as you get older, eyesight, hearing, grip strength, and finger flexibility all go downhill, fellas. <laughs> if you find yourself doing this... So here I am pushing up my glasses and squinting at the screen. Basically, if you're having trouble reading text close to your face, then the 3.5 inch screen may not be big enough for you, especially for text. And you may want to consider something with a larger screen, such as the RGB 30, the 405V, etc. These devices have 4 inch screens, but also cost more. If a 4 inch screen isn't cutting it for you, It'd be safer to go for a 6 to 7 inch screen at that point. You can test out screen size preference by using a phone if you have one available and if it can run games. If you are hard of hearing, the speakers will be okay but will require to turn them up quite a bit. I found the overall sound quality to be okay but recorded speech was definitely a bit hard to discern for me, mostly due to the compressed audio quality and not necessarily the speaker itself. If you have larger hands or easily fatigued hands, buying a grip or a grip case may become necessary, so factor the cost of getting one when making your purchasing decisions. If you are giving this device to a child or have butterfingers yourself, dropping the device is pretty much guaranteed to destroy the screen. We have some options here to fix this, but it also requires you to spend extra money. One solution is to get a lanyard mod for the device. 
One type goes into the audio port, and this one is questionable as A, it prevents you from using any wired headphones or earbuds, and B, it's not a very secure connection to the device. The second type of lanyard connects to the back by replacing one of the screws. This one will be much more reliable. You can also get a bumper case to help absorb the shock, but then this means you can't really use a grip case or a grip with it. If having butterfingers applies to you, also remember to factor in this cost when making your purchasing decision. If having a screen protector is a must for you, the one that comes with the device is much smaller than the screen. If this bothers you, you will need to buy a larger one, another cost to consider. There's only one thing you really need to buy with these devices and that is a new SD card. Please do not use the stock card as they are very cheaply made and they will get corrupted sooner or later. I would like to add here that you also want to be very careful about buying counterfeit SD cards. There are so many so personally I would advise that you do not buy it from Amazon as Amazon uses something called commingled inventory. Essentially what this means is that all of the inventory from all the other sellers along with Amazon will be mixed together into one pile. As you can see this will create problems because if someone ships in counterfeit cards and you order from Amazon as the main seller, they still pull the stock from that commingled inventory where it includes the counterfeit cards as well. If you buy from a brick and mortar retailer that doesn't commingle their inventory like Best Buy in the United States, then you're more likely to get a legitimate card. Also, if you buy memory cards from SanDisk, just keep in mind that they don't work well with certain devices such as the R36S. Those devices are a little bit more picky about the SD cards you use and it may also be due to buying counterfeit cards. I'm using my Samsung SD card that I use for photo backups and for Samsung cards, you can use a utility to verify if the SD card is legitimate or not. Get back to the review. In conclusion, the Mi Mini Plus is far from a perfect device, but for those looking for a vertical form factor with high portability and pocketability, along with systems up to PlayStation 1 as their main goal, this is a very good choice. The only other devices that can compete in this form factor and price range is the RG35XX or the RG35XX Plus, and perhaps the upcoming Mi Mini Flip if the hinges prove to be functional. There are horizontal form factors as well around this price range that are very solid devices. Not to mention there's also a growing fan base for the R36S as well. For the crazy one-handed gamers, you can go even smaller with the Miu Mini V4 or older versions, the RG Nano and the GKD Pixel and etc. Personally speaking, I think these devices are a bit too small and that I prefer the larger size of the Miu Mini Plus and the RG35XX but to each their own. One other thing to consider is the sheer amount of third-party support for this device. Since it's very popular, you can find many free 3D printable mods as well as buy mods on shops like Etsy. Just about every aspect of the device has some sort of fix, upgrade, or customization available. The level of software support is excellent as well. You won't find this for most handhelds. I'm enjoying my time with the Miu Mini Plus. I mainly use it to pick up and play one game for 30 minutes or so after dinner in order to unwind in the evening. It's a great device to relive my childhood memories as well as revisit old classics and games I never got to try out. If I'm playing a game for review, I'll play it in about 4 hour chunks so I can finish up the game as quickly as possible. 
If there's any questions or aspect of the device you'd like for me to cover, please feel free to let me know and I'll do my best to answer every comment and improve my review format for the next device I cover. While I personally don't consider the specs and the benchmarking to be that important, I do know there is a large crowd that want that, so I plan on releasing two reviews for any devices I get in the future. One review being more focused on technical specs, benchmarks, emulation performance, and so forth, and the other review being more relaxed and experience-based like this one, so I can cover everything about the device. Thank you for watching, hope you guys are staying safe and sane out there, and I'll catch you guys next time. Okay, that has been episode 43 of the Ducky O'Brien Show. Thank you so much for dropping by and listening. I really do appreciate it. If you guys have any feedback or want to reach out to me, you can email me at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. The email is d-u-c-k-y-o-b-r-i-e-n-s-h-o-w at gmail.com. Once again, the email is duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. As always, hope you guys are staying safe and sane out there. And I'll catch you guys next time.